Welcome to Lit Podcast. My name is Eric Williams. I am the director of Lit Podcast and also a pastor at ReChurch. ReChurch is a ministry dedicated to revelation, reconciliation, and restoration of the body of Christ through proper relationship. So we are really giving, uh, been going into uh, some really great teachings lately. We've been talking about the elementary doctrines of the faith. In the book of Hebrews, Paul wrote about six things that were very important. These things were foundational. As we stated in the last uh, podcast, we talked about these things being the six foundations or the elementary doctrines of the faith. Those things are the ABCs and the one, two, threes. And we've talked about how um, in the same way that you couldn't, you can't spell, if you, you can't read words if you don't know your ABCs. And you can't do arithmetic if you don't know your one, two, threes. So you have to have these basic foundational truths and everything else is going to be built with these things as tools so that you can actually be effective in your walk with God. Uh, We talked about them. We listed them out. If you want to read those things, they're actually found in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter six. It says, therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the about Christ, let us press on to uh, maturity not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Uh, So we talked a little bit already about the first two, which are uh, the uh, repentance from dead works and also faith towards God. We're going to come back to those. I think that that those, those actually deserve a series in and of themselves because this is something that has really stifled the body of Christ. The Bible talks about uh, in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 it says be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. We establish that the yoke of bondage is not sin. The yoke of bondage is actually is actually legalistic religion, legalistic Christianity. So we are we're, we're, we are uh, going to come back to that subject. We're going to really dive into that and break open that word of God. I believe that that is a great teaching that can be so liberating. For me, it, it, it happened about um, eight years ago that I really kind of started learning those things. And even the last three years have really been uh, God really helping me to grow in my understanding and to walk, walk in these things and walk in this liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. So today, though, we're go- we were going to be talking about two more, uh, which were uh, the doctrine of baptisms and the um, laying on of hands. But as I'm thinking about it and just knowing what's all present in the word, uh, I decided to break it up. So today we're not going to be talking about both of them. We're actually talking about uh, the doctrine of baptisms, the doctrine of baptism. Now note that I did not say baptism. Okay. There are, there's more than one baptism. There's more than one baptism. Actually, there are four baptisms that I can see in the New Testament. We're going to go through those. We're going to list those shortly. But um, the word baptism is the Greek word baptismo. Uh, it's, it means washing. And in the Greek, there's two words for washing in the New Testament. One is the word baptismo, and the other is the word nipto. When you deal with baptismo, baptismo deals with the full immersion of a thing where it's completely immersed into whatever it is that you were baptized into. Um, versus nipto, where it's not a full immersion, more it's more of a spot treatment. It's a difference between, um, I guess you can use the illustration if you're doing laundry and you're washing your clothes and you fully scrub the entire pants versus 
you have a stain on something and you just want to get this, you're just focusing on that spot. That one where you're scrubbing the entire clothes, that will be baptismal versus spot treatment, which will be nipto. Okay, so we're going to be talking a little bit about both of those. I do believe that they're both important. But as far as baptism, when you talk about baptism, you were baptismal is dealing with complete immersion, a full, complete immersion into something. Okay, so let me go ahead and list what these baptisms are. Number one is the baptismal water. Next one is the baptismal fire. The third is the baptism into the Holy Spirit. And the fourth one is the baptism into Christ. Let me say those again. Baptismal water, baptism into fire, baptism into the Holy Spirit, and then baptism into Christ. When we talk about baptismal water, that's a very common. That's the first one that we that we kind of go through. But I think it's very important that we understand about what ha- what's happening when you are actually walking, when you decide to be baptized into water. When you are baptized in the water, you go in dry. You go in dry, but when you step into the water, you're now, at least the first thing that gets touched is your, your feet. You're now wet at your feet level. But then there's the lowering down of the individual into the water, and when the person comes up, they're no longer dry. They're now wet. You see, this, this, is, this is the truth that's very important because when you speak of uh, the water or speak of the, 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 the flesh or the earth, that's speaking of our Adamic nature. But when you speak of water, water speaks of the life in the spirit. So when we are, when we go in, we go in with an Adamic nature, but then when we are baptized, we, that Adamic nature is now completely immersed into the spirit and what's raised up is something altogether new. You were dry, but now you're completely wet. And so now this becomes the, the model of all other baptisms because now you are being baptized into whatever it is that the substance of the thing that you've been uh, that you've now been immersed into. So when you are baptized into the water, we are given the opportunity to be to, to receive of the potential that was in Christ. The Bible says he, he when Jesus was baptized, he says uh, uh, that he did it for righteousness sake. He had to be baptized for righteousness sake. When we are baptized in, in, in the water, when, we, when we're born of the water, what's happening is we are now actually allowing ourselves to be aligned with the movement of Christ. A person who refuses to be baptized in the water immediately lets me know that you are not uh, uh, walking in truth and uh, in, in, in spirit. Because you, if, if you're going to follow the footsteps of Christ, if you're going to say you're a Christian, then you're going to do the things that Christ did. Now, I'm not going to make an argument about whether or not you should be baptized. Uh, that if a person isn't baptized, if they're going to go to heaven or hell, I'm not going to make that argument. But I will say that the Bible says you will know a tree by its fruit. And if a person is blatantly denying something, there's a reason why they're doing that. So then you also have, as we, as I mentioned earlier, the baptism of fire. Notice that there are opposites. You have the baptism of water, and then the opposite of water is what? Fire. And then, all, then after that, you also have the baptism where Christ baptizes you into the Holy Spirit. But on the opposite of that, you have the Holy Spirit baptizing you into Christ. There's balance. Baptism is designed to give you multiple, multiple, multiple uh, opportunities for balance. So where water, uh, the water baptism gives us uh, access into the potential 
of the things of God. Fire baptism is, is very unique. Uh, go with me to 1 Peter chapter uh, 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 7. He says, so that, that, so, that, uh, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be, uh, pro- may be found that, uh, to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the here it speaks of fire being the tool of testing. It's being the tool of proving the quality of a thing. When you when something when metal is tested or gold is, is put into the fire, what happens is the, the gold will melt because of the fire, but the gold is not destroyed. But all of the things that are impurities are removed as because the heat will cause the separation between what's what is um, gold and what is not. The fire causes there to be a separation. So when you go through hard times in your life, it's not that God's trying to destroy you; it's that God is trying to cause there to be a separation. Whether, when, no matter what that may be, there may be some things in your area in your life that uh, areas of doubt, maybe areas of sin, maybe areas. Of frustration, and God says, "I want to separate you. I want to call you to be separate." And so, I'm going to allow there to be a little bit of fire that's applied to you. And if you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the the issue is is that when you're in the fire, when you're going through tribulation, God says He's going to be there with you. Acts 14:22 says, "It's through much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of God." So, whenever you are going through hardships, and these hardships are persecutions, the Bible says that that is a place of promotion for you because tribulation is always going to birth the kingdom. So when you start seeing fire, the doctrine of the the baptism of fire, the baptism of fire deals with, as I said, promotion by persecution. Water deals with potential, fire deals with promotion by persecution. But then you also have the baptism uh, where you are baptized into the by Christ into the Holy Spirit. And this is actually found in the book of uh, John chapter uh, 3. John chapter 3, verse number 5. John chapter 3, 5. This is where he's talking with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is uh, giving some instructions. And he says... Um, Jesus, Jesus is giving Nicodemus some, some instructions about, about being born again. And, and Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The, being baptized into the Spirit is key because where the water gives you potential, the and the fire gives 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 you uh, a promotion. The being baptized into the Holy Spirit gives you access to power. And so you can have all the potential in the world, but if you don't have the power or the in, in the the uh, the empowerment to be able to accomplish that potential, then your potential is going to lay dormant. So in order, it's just like a car. If I don't put fuel in the car, the car's not going to have the ability to get from point A to point B, no matter if it's a Lamborghini or or a Toyota or a Daewoo. It doesn't matter. 
if the car doesn't have fuel, if it doesn't have power, then there's no, uh, there's no, its potential will remain dormant. And so God says, I'm going to make sure that you are baptized with the power that will be necessary to fulfill your potential and to make it through the uh, persecutions and the hardships that you will go through in your life. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now is present in the life of the believer. But here's the issue. I can have potential. I can have power. But if I don't know my particular place or and also the, the, the promise, I'm going to miss my ability to fulfill my assignment. So what Jesus, what the, what the Bible says is that the Holy Spirit will baptize us into Christ. The baptism into Christ. If you go to Galatians chapter uh, 3, Galatians chapter 3, verse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Verse 27. Galatians 3, 27. It says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When you are baptized into Christ, what you are doing is you are putting on Christ. Now, what does that mean? When you are put, putting on Christ, that means you are now positioned in Christ. When you are positioned in Christ, you are wherever he is. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So when you are in Christ, if Christ is seated, in, if the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that's the positioning of your life in Christ that's giving you a direction, that's giving you focus, that's giving you aim, that's giving you a goal, that's giving you uh, the, 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 the directions that you need to have in order to operate in your potential using the power that you've been entrusted with. But how many of us are not walking in our fullest potential because we don't have an understanding of the promise and we have no, because we're not walking in the position that we've been entrusted in as the sons of God. The Bible says all creation waits with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. God is looking for us to walk in sonship, the position of sonship, and that's going to be the place of our fruitfulness. Being baptized into Christ, watch this, is putting on the armor of God. That's what it is. When you put on the armor of God, the armor of God is not this, this non-living uh, 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 object that you just put on and you immediately are, are covered. Like, like if you look at the Romans, the Roman uh, 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 armor, that stuff, wherever the soldier went, the armor went. That's not this armor. This armor is a living armor. When you put on the stuff, you have your feet shot with the preparation of gospel peace, what you're putting on is the Prince of Peace. When you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you're putting on he who is our righteousness, which is Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, when you put on the helmet of salvation, the helmet of salvation is what? Who's our salvation? Jesus is, is, is named Yahshua, means the Lord our salvation. You look at the, uh, the having your loins girded about with truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is the word of God, the word made flesh. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. You look at this, Jesus says, I am, the, uh, 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 he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So he is our shield. He is a thing that we rely on to, for, for, for protection, for covering. So in him, we live and move and have our being. That's what it means to have on the armor of God. Now, you can't just go wherever you want to go and expect that armor to protect you. 
that armor is that armor is going to lead you where it desires to go. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, not those who are trying to lead the Spirit to go wherever they want to go. That's not how this works. We have to be led by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God will cause us to operate in the things that pertain to life and godliness. The, being baptized into the into Christ is the uh, the empowerment that God has given us that we might be able to be one with him as he is with the father. He says, I am he and he and the father, the father and him, and that they may be one in us. That's what the book of uh, John chapter 17 says. Read that prayer. That prayer will show you the desire positioning that God desires for the believer to have in Christ. But if we are only living one dimensional, we're more, I think this is the major problem. A lot of times we're, we're more in denominations, we're more in churches than we are in Christ. And until we understand who we really are in him, then we're going to limit the amount of productivity or our ability to see what the word of God says to, will manifest in the life of the believer. And then we start making things that should be everyday norms to be supernatural things. We should be healing should be taking place every day. Demons should be cast out every day. Seeing seeing revival is not something that 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 that's not what God wanted. This that should be an operation every day thing. He says, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. We should be able to pray and see the manifestation of the sons of God manifest because creation's waiting on us to step up and walk in the newness of this baptized life into Christ. When you are baptized into Christ, what you're doing is you are putting on the authority of Christ. You are walking in the person of Christ. So whenever uh, a good, good illustration in the Bible would be when 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 uh, uh, Isaac had called forth his two sons, uh, Esau and and uh, Jacob, to come to be uh, um, uh, uh, receive the blessing. The Bible says that Esau was supposed to be the one who was receiving the blessing, but because Isaac or Jacob rather was clothed in something that resembled his brother, because he was identifying himself as his brother, he received the blessing. You see, when you are in Christ, you are putting on your elder brother. You are receiving the blessing of the father that was bestowed on the son, the elder son, and you are now receiving that blessing on your life so that you are now the recipient of that blessing that was intended for the elder son. We are the recipients of the elder son. Another story you can use in the Bible would be the story of, of Cain slaying Abel. Because of Cain slaying Abel, the, the one brother, the, 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 that brother was replaced by another brother, Seth. Because of the, the, the death of the second son, God, the, uh, uh, the access to that blessing that the second son received from the father for his sacrifice was extended to another son. We have taken the place of Christ based on his sacrifice. He's given us access to his blessings. We are joint heirs with him. We are co-heirs in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the things of God. 
God desires for us to be to, to walk in that understanding, but you must be baptized into that understanding. This is in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the remit, uh, the, uh, uh, for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a very common scripture. I got saved in the Apostolic Pentecostal Church uh, and, and it's a great ministry. I love the ministry and all, but there were some things that I was taught that I don't necessarily agree with all the way through right now. I think that God has opened my understanding and, and glory be to God. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I pray that God will open my understanding. But as far as what I read in my word, I see there being something more than just being baptized in water and declaring in Jesus' name. Because if the promise was contingent on my receiving of the power of the Holy Ghost after I had been baptized in the name of Jesus, that verse in Acts 2.38 says, repent, be baptized in every one of you in the name of Jesus, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If it was talking about water baptism, then you have to explain to me how then was it that uh, uh, I received the Holy Ghost before I was ever baptized in water. And a lot of people, that's the case. So there must be something else that this scripture is talking about. Now, I'm going to point this out. If this was talking about water, then that means, according to verse 2, uh, 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 I think it's verse 40 of chapter 2 of the book of Acts, it says that 3,000 people were saved. Okay, now, the day of Pentecost is very important to understand because in our in, in modern times we call it the day of Pentecost because that was the day that God poured out his spirit but Penta means 50 and 50 is after is the 50 day mark after Pentecost I'm sorry after Passover now what they call what we call Pentecost they call Shavuot Shavuot Passover was a holiday, is a holiday that dedicated to the um, the time when God caused death angels to pass over the children of Israel in Egypt, and they were delivered from Egypt. And then 50 days, 50 days later, they celebrate the Shavuot, which is when God gave them two things, the commandments and the law. So they are, they, the Shavuot is about the celebration of the commandments and the law. 50 days later, that's what they do. So you can study that, Passover and Shavuot. I would encourage you to, to learn these holidays. Okay, so the Jews were all gathered together on what we call in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost. They were gathered together not for an outpouring of the spirit. They weren't anticipating that. That's not what they were anticipating. They were coming together to celebrate Shavuot. Now Shavuot, Passover uh, is on a particular day of the, of the year. No matter whatever day that is, it's going to be fall, it can fall on a, a Tuesday. If it falls on a Tuesday, then that I can tell you off the, off the rip that uh, Shavuot is going to fall on a Wednesday because it's 49, 49 days later. Okay? So whatever day the the official day of, of Passover is 49 days after that will be Shavuot. Okay. Seven, seven weeks later, seven weeks times uh, seven days times seven, uh, seven weeks is 49. That's 49 days plus Passover. That's 50. That's what we get the term of uh, uh, pass uh, 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 Pentecost from. So when you start dealing with these, dealing with this holiday, you have to understand something. Even if it fell on a, even if Passover fell on a Tuesday, that Tuesday would be considered a C 
Sabbath day. That means that that day was a day of rest. Uh Uh-huh. That means that that Tuesday became a day of rest for them. They didn't do anything. Watch this. Not only was the seventh, the, 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 the first day a Sabbath, but guess what other day was a Sabbath? Shavuot. <laughs> the 50th day was also a Sabbath. And guess what they did do? So that Wednesday, guess what they would have done? It could fall on a Friday. It could fall on a Thursday. It could have fallen on a Saturday. It could have fallen on a Sunday. But no matter what day of the week it fell on, it was still a Sabbath. And they didn't work. So when it says that the, that the Passover had fully come or the, the Pentecost had fully come, it was saying that this was a Sabbath day. So when it says that they were baptized, uh, uh, they were baptized, he said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. This was them being immersed into Christ. This was them accepting Christ because if they were being baptized in the water, that would mean they would have had to do some work. Mm. And that would make them transgressions of the law. And there was no way you were going to get 3,000 people that were in Jerusalem to transgress the law. Now, here's a revelation that will help you understand this a little bit better. If you look at the, 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 the for the Jews, when they celebrate Passover, they're celebrating the, the, the lamb that was killed and that the, the blood was applied over the doorpost and on the side frames in Egypt so that when death, when death angel came over it would pass over their houses and then four, 50 days later they would celebrate when God would write on, use use his would, would, would go on the mountain with Abraham or with, with Moses rather and would begin to write on the stone and then he would give them the Ten Commandments but then he also gave them the law okay, but for the believer 40 days early 50 days earlier from Pentecost was what? It was the day that Jesus was crucified. This was the day that the Lamb of God was sacrificed. And then 50 days later, what was given? The Word was made flesh and was resurrected. So they received not the Word that was all written by, not the Word of God on stone as the true Jews did. They received that the Word that was made flesh. And now what was, what was instead of receiving the, 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 the law, they now have received the spirit. One received the tablets and the law. The other received the word made flesh and the spirit of God. When the Bible says that you are to be baptized into Christ, you are being baptized into the person of the son. You are being identified with him and you are reaping the benefits of him. That's why I'm very big on all the holidays. I love my Jewish holidays. I'm not a, I'm not a Hebrew Israelite or anything like that. Don't get it twisted. I don't claim to be anything else, but I do understand the importance of understanding what I'm when I'm when I'm reading the Word of God. And I want to be a part. I want to participate in that. Jesus was a Jew, so I want to understand what did my Lord and Savior have access to. So when I studied this, it became the, it, the, the Word of God became very living to me. I've been to synagogue. I've, I've actually gone in fellowship with real Jewish believers who are really fully understanding of the word of God, but don't have an understanding of Christ. And I'm looking at this thing. Like when you look at the Passover, the very first, the very first day is dedicated. It's called the feast of the firstborn son. We don't even know about that. 
There's all kinds of truths that are in this, that are in the holidays that we miss out because we're, we're not tapping into the depth of what God wants us to do. But you, you, so we're meant to be baptized into Christ, into the King. That's what God is wanting us to understand. That's why it's so important that this be one of the foundational teachings that you learned from the very beginning that whatever you were baptized into, you are immersed in, that becomes the that becomes the thing that defines who you are. Watch this. When you are baptized in the water, you are being putting, you are being baptized into that, that potential of new life. When you are baptized in fire, that's being baptized into promotion through Christ. When you were baptized into the Holy Spirit, that's you being, being baptized in the power of Christ. When you were baptized, watch this, into Christ, you are being baptized in the position of Christ. Watch this, why is that important? Because the Bible says you have been made ambassadors for Christ, as though God himself was making his appeal through you. So you have to understand how Christ was if you are to understand your fullest position, your fullest potential, and that requires you to be acknowledge the position that you have in him. That's God's plan. God never intended for us that to, to not have an understanding of who we were to be in him. But then, as we talked about earlier, so that's baptism, and baptism once again means washing. You're, you're washing off the Adamic nature, and you're being you're, you're you're being raised into a spiritual understanding. I could talk about that, about the whole loss of what everything Adam lost. When Adam what Adam lost in the Garden of Eden was he lost his mind. <laughs> the Bible says to be carnally minded is to be an enemy of God. That's why he got kicked out of heaven because he no longer had the mind of heaven to operate in Eden. If you had, in order to operate in Eden, you had to operate according to the mind of God. That's God's paradise. That's a place of fellowship with God. The only way you can have access to that is if you have access to the mind. And now when Adam began to, when Adam entered the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he had another way of thinking now. He had the carnal mind. So he had to be kicked out of the place of God because that place was for the friends of God, not the enemies of God. So God had to remove him. I'm going to talk one day about the restoration process of Christ back into the things of God so that we are now understanding that we are truly back into the, the, the garden understanding of living uh, that Christ has come to give us. But I also talked about the word nipto earlier, uh, not only baptismal, but the word nipto. And remember I talked about there's a difference between baptismal, which is a full immersion, versus nipto, which is spot treatment. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, the Bible speaks of them washing the disciples' feet. Them washing the Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and this is very important because he's giving them, he's preparing them for something. When, 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 if if a person, uh, when Jesus washed their feet, what he was doing, he was doing to accomplishing two things. Number one, he was commissioning them to go, to go do what? Preach the gospel. Why would he wash their feet as a sign of preparation? To, to preach the gospel, the Bible says that the that the, the uh, our feet are to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and you can't have ugly feet. <laughs> the Bible says, "How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel." 
So there has to be the, the cleansing of the feet. So Jesus says, if, I, if I'm going to send you out, I got to make sure that you're, you're commissioned correctly, that you are thoroughly equipped and that you are, you are, are, uh, are uh, thoroughly equipped to, and, and ready to walk this thing out. But not only that, but Jesus said, now you have to wash each other's feet. This deals with reconciliation, not only to God, but not only to Christ, but also to each other as the body of Christ. A good, a good story, the first time you see a nipto or see the washing of feet uh, in the Bible is actually in the book of Genesis when Joseph's brothers come to him. The first time he comes to them, they come to him, they, they, he, he remembers the, the, the dream that he had, you know the story, and the Bible says that uh, he wanted to see, he wanted them to bring back his brother Benjamin, uh, and he kept uh, a hostage, which was Simeon, who just happened to be probably the most reckless of all of uh, all of uh, Jacob's kids, uh, but he he said, uh, if you're gonna if you want if you want to prove to me that you guys aren't spies, you're gonna go get your younger brother. You're gonna bring him back to me, and I, that that'll let me know that that you guys are real. I'll be I'll trust you if you do that. So he he does that. That's how he come. That's how he, the, the whole first part of the story happens. But then the the Bible says that the famine got worse. Now, mind you. I don't believe that if the family would have got any worse, I don't believe that Simeon was going to get any kind of rescue. Because <laughs> Simeon, Simeon, they didn't, they weren't going back. Jacob had already kind of put in it, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Jacob, yeah, Jacob had kind of already made up in his mind, well, Simeon's dead. Simeon is, is gone. He's not coming back. So, so I've already lost two sons. I've, I've lost Joseph, I've lost Simeon. I'm not losing another child. Y'all not gonna take my my baby boy and go up here and do whatever. So they had already wrote my man Simeon off. Like Simeon was not gonna be safe. He was not gonna be rescued. <laughs> so I'm looking at the story and I'm laughing because it wasn't until things got harder that the Bible says that the, 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 the family was in the Bible says the family was severe. That uh, Jacob said, okay, well. Uh, we need to go back down there. We need to go. We need to go ahead and do, deal with this. And, and they had to come up with a plan and and, and convince Jacob that he was going. They were going to bring his back his, his baby boy Benjamin. And so they finally talked him into it. He takes him up there, and the very first thing that Jacob uh, that uh, Joseph has done is he welcomes him into his house, but he then washes their he, uh, he has some water so that feet can be washed. It was after this washing of the feet. The first time he didn't wash their feet. The first time they came to him, he never washed their feet. But this time, he washed their feet. And the Bible says eventually he made himself known unto them. It was after this act of reconciliation, after this fact of restoration that Joseph made himself known. I believe a lot of us are missing out because there's a spirit of reconciliation that needs to manifest. Christ is looking to pour out, but until we start reconciling, until we allow the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation be made manifest, until we're able to watch each other's feet, watch each other's feet, pardon me, um, we're not going to, not going to see the full manifestation of of what God wants to have done in and through our lives. God is looking for us to wake up. We need to be immersed completely 
in water. We need to be immersed completely in, in the Holy Spirit. We need to be immersed completely in fire. Understanding that God's going to deliver us no matter what. Count it all joy. <laughs> Praise God. But also we must be baptized in Christ. We must know who we are in him. We must have access to the potential, to the promotions, to the power, to the position that are all tangible through baptism. But we also must begin to walk in the acts of reconciliation through nipto, through the washing of each other's feet. God is looking for us to come higher. And we're going to go deeper into this thing. I, I, I really, one day I may just go ahead and make this a full series by itself. Because if I broke down each one and really kind of dove in, understanding some, there's some truths about water baptism that I didn't even get into. Like there's, there's some, there's some things that when you start looking at this truth, it's going to enlighten your, your, enlighten you in a way. You're going to see the word, word of God in a whole new way. But uh, we're going to next series, next session we're going to talk about is going to be living uh, uh, the laying on of hands. We're going to talk about that. I think there's a lot of truth there. Once again, thank you for joining us here at Lit Podcast, uh, uh, the outreach ministry of Reek Church. I'm Eric Williams. Have a great day. God bless you.